0: Welcome to Skin Deep with Glamad Plus. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about what you need to know as a new esthetician with Sarah and Julie Williams. My name is Sarah Robbins. I'm the Director of Education here at Glamad Plus. And I am joined today by a very special guest. She is actually an amazing esthetician and on our UAC here at Glamed Plus. And her name is Julie. So Julie, do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Hi Sarah, I'm so excited to be here. Um, Hello, everybody listening. My name is Julie Williams. I'm a licensed esthetician in the city of Philadelphia, the great city of Philadelphia. (laughs) Um, I'm also the owner of Crown Jewel Aesthetics, which is a small boutique spa here in Center City, Philadelphia. And I'm just, you know, an all around skincare lover. So I'm super excited to be here and talk to you.
0: I'm excited to have you here, Julie. And today we are actually going to be talking on what estheticians need to know when they are first starting out in the business, right? Yes. Yes.
1: Such an important topic.
0: Absolutely. Cause there's a lot, there's so much that's out there and it's like, where do you even start?
1: Yeah. One of those like hindsight, like if, if I knew then what I know now, you know, one of those situations. So I'm really excited to share all of my trials and tribulations so hopefully some of you won't go through the same things and you can you know kind of figure out where you should be focusing right now
0: yeah absolutely so before we dive into it though with all of the amazing content that we have for everyone julie i do want to ask you what is your favorite treatment to perform in your practice
1: i would definitely have to say extractions because it's something that i perform on almost everybody so i get to do it all the time um, and also it's just kind of like instant gratification, you know, kind of like dermaplaning. like it's, you see what you're doing happening right in front of your eyes and the clients notice the difference and like, they're shocked by how much you're able to get out of their skin because a lot of things they can't see to the naked eye. So, you know, it makes me feel really good to help them with the texture of their skin and the clarity of their skin. So I love extractions.
0: I completely agree. It's seriously so rewarding. Now, do you show clients like everything you accumulate, like on a gauze pad or on like a tissue, or do you just dis- um, dispose of it before the treatment ends?
1: I actually ask. I always ask same thing when I dermaplane or when I do like a hydrofacial. Like, I always ask if they want to see. Most people say yes, and then some are like, oh, absolutely not. But I let them know I'm, they, my clients and I get super excited when I get a good extraction. So they're usually like, all right, like yeah, you can show me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would, I would be the client that wants to know. I want to see what you just got out of my skin.
1: Mm-hmm, me too.
0: And Julie, we actually, we always joke about this because we, Julie is on our UIC, which is our unity advisory committee. And, um, we both kind of joke about this, but we're both Virgos
1: hmm We're very thorough people. So why wouldn't extractions be like your favorite part? Like I got to get it all out.
0: <laughs> right. It makes complete sense to me. All right. And we'll go ahead and get started. So Julie, I know you and I have got to talk a little bit about this topic and um, you are very passionate about a lot of the things you want to bring to the table today, but I know one of the biggest ones and the one you wanted to stress about was Um, continuing education and why continuing education is so important to new estheticians. But do you want to go ahead and expand on what you look for and what you want estheticians to look for when looking for continuing education?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So first, if we're going to be honest, like most of us would say that we did not learn enough in school. Um, Depending on your state, every state has different hours uh, for the requirements to become an esthetician. So sometimes what ends up happening is an esthetician in my state, for example, which only requires 300 hours, comes out of school not knowing nearly as much as somebody from maybe your state or Washington state or California, you know, where they have higher hours. So there's kind of... um, a discrepancy in how much, you know, a certain aesthetician knows. So what happens is you go out into the world of aesthetics and you feel kind of blindsided. You're like, wow, like I don't remember learning this in school. And it also depends on the type of teacher you had as well and the type of products you were using in school. So one thing I did not know was not privy to was like the immense world of products because I went to an Aveda school where we solely focused on Aveda which is very natural, plant-based, very botanical, which is all good and well. But, you know, I came out wanting to be somebody who was like really making quick progress with my clients. And I just wasn't equipped with the knowledge of how to do that. So, you know, here I was thinking, okay, I'm looking in a drugstore and I'm like, oh, I see this has an acid. I learned about that in school, but I didn't understand truly the difference between professional grade products and, you know, the products that I saw on the street, because we didn't really go into depth about any other lines, but Aveda. Mm -hmm. so that's where I feel like I was kind of duped with my education I just did I didn't know what I didn't know you know so for me I feel like Every esthetician needs to go into school or every future esthetician needs to go into school with the understanding that you are not going to get every single thing that you need from you know your time in school. It's just like becoming a doctor where you have to go through residency and where you're actually working in the clinic or in the hospitals. Same thing with us when we're working in our treatment room, you have to see different types of skin conditions, different types of clients to really learn more about the skin. And there's that's the beautiful thing about our industry is that there's so much to continue. Continuously learn. So one of the things that I did was I started working for a place because I was on Facebook looking around and I saw a lot of more senior estheticians saying like, go work for somebody who will educate you. And I didn't really know what that meant, but until I got into the environment where I worked with an amazing line, um, because we were lucky enough to have a medical director. So I started out with uh, more dermatology grade, medical grade, whatever you want to call it skincare with that line. And I went to this incredible training in New York and my mind was absolutely blown. Like it completely reignited my passion for aesthetics and ingredients and skin because they just went into so much more depth with a lot of things that I don't even remember learning in school. And that I will say that was my first like interaction with a continued education um, training or seminar. Mm -hmm. And after that, I just kind of became addicted to finding as many um, continuing education uh, classes that I could find.
0: And I think something that you touched on that I I really love that you said is you went out and got the experience because I think experience teaches you way more than something that you could just learn in a book. Like, I'm not saying that material from a book isn't beneficial because absolutely, but experience is just something that is irreplaceable.
1: Yeah. You have to put into practice what you're learning and um i know a lot of people well i guess i'll kind of backtrack with continuing education it also has to be from a legitimate source you know so i'm not talking about your favorite esthetician off of social media who just came out with a quick course or anything like that like i'm talking about uh, institutions that are certified or recognized in the industry as continued education because uh if you're interested in moving to a different state or a state that has uh, higher hours than what you were trained in they're going to be looking at that too in terms of whether they give you your license or not so you know for instance like i've taken training with glymed i'd be able to add that to my resume as continued education i've taken continued education from like nca which is like a big certification for estheticians who are interested in continued education like for instance things like that so um, definitely the quality of education matters too i'm not just saying go out and take anybody's course and that's going to do it so um, I wish I could list off everything that I've taken, but I honestly can't remember everything, but look, right. at, look to bigger brands, look to companies like my like yourself who have incredible thorough education. And it, before you even buy products, you know, I had access to that education. So it's not like a gimmick of, oh, you have to buy this amount to get this type of education. Like you want, um, your accounts to be educated. So they know how to use your products properly and aren't mm-hmm. just running back and saying, oh, it didn't work but it's not that it didn't work. It's just, you didn't know how to use it and you didn't know how to apply it onto the skin. So I really appreciate um, companies like Lamed for having these type of resources for us.
0: Absolutely. Well, I think it's important as new estheticians that when you do start to look for a skincare line and I, Julie, I love that you talked about how you're, different states have different hours and every aesthetic school is so different and everyone learns on different skincare lines. And so when you do start to do your practice, it's important that you do do some research and look at what skincare lines, specifically professional grade skincare lines are out there. And then also you should be looking for um, a company who's going to support you in education because you, you want to make sure that you're using products from a company who's going to support you as a professional in understanding how to use the products, but also in aesthetics itself. And like Julie said, there's so much every day in our industry that comes out. It's continuously evolving and changing, and you want to be up to up on the know. You want to be on top of what's going on out there. And your skincare company should help provide certain aspects of that to you. Um, cause it's important to be in the know of what's going on in aesthetics. So, uh, Julie, of course we want to support our professionals. And I'm so happy to hear that you feel like you do get that support. But I think that was such a key point for new estheticians to know is make sure you're going to sign with a brand or use a brand. That's going to support you as the professional.
1: Yeah. And there's so many like other resources from people who aren't necessarily uh, producing products. You know, there's things like dermoscopes, skinning, there's magazines, there's mm-hmm. my insurance ASCP. They have tons and tons of resources and free webinars and free this and free that. So it's like, you know, I tell these girls, I'm like, stop worrying about spending so much money on how to get Instagram followers and reinvest in yourself and your education, because that's, what's going to set you apart from, you know, your, your neighbor, your est- esthetician neighbor.
0: Yeah, no, it's absolutely right. And use your resources, like you just said, more than just product company for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Even like even your insurance is, it's such a good point because not, not a lot of estheticians know that they can go to other places like that and get information. So I think that was a really good tip that you provided as well. Yeah. So along with continuing education, I know another topic that you spoke to me about and i know i've heard you touch on um a few times is making sure that you're focusing on your foundation. Now, do you want to tell everyone what you mean when you're saying focus on the foundation?
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. So do not be like me and fall into the trap. You know, when i started my practice i was like I need to have all the highest tech, everything, because that's what people were advertising. Um, in a world where we're kind of battling up against the dermatology offices as a solo practitioner, esthetician, it's really hard to be like, oh, I don't have access to lasers right now. I don't have access to things that can give you immediate results right now, uh, microneedling, things like that, without having an oversight of a medical director. So you go out and buy anything just to be like, look what I have. Mm-hmm. and you can't even do a facial with just your basic hands, you know? So before all of these modalities were created, estheticians were just giving basic facials with their hands and getting very similar results along with home care. So what these modalities uh, do is they assist us in quickening the process. You know what I mean? They make it happen faster, but if you don't know how to do a basic facial, if you don't know the order of a basic protocol, then you don't even worry about spending all this money on the other things because what feels good to the client is your hands, you know, like cold machine on their hand, uncomfortable, like temperatures, that doesn't feel good. So I like to have a balance of relaxation along with modalities. So absolutely, I use LED, I use microcurrent, I use all of those things. But I also know how to do a great facial massage, I also know how to use acids and peels, you know, I also know the importance of peptides and other things that will help to strengthen the lasting collagen in your skin, you know, so I feel like that's what I mean, when I say focus on the foundation, which goes back to the continuing education. So um, if you're working with these brands, watch all of their webinars, et cetera. Learn their protocols first before you feel like you have to go out and make your own. Um, I'm in a lot of Facebook groups and esthetician groups on Instagram, and so many people are like, "Well, what's your protocol for this? What's your protocol for this?" And I'm like, if you don't know how to make a basic protocol based off of the ingredients that you're using in your practice, like I would be concerned as a client, you know, because yeah. I'm like like it's it, the steps are pretty basic you know and pretty across the board what changes is what you're using so that is one of the most important things and that's why it's also important to possibly work for somebody else because you get to see how a protocol is created you get to learn the um the company's protocols because most uh, brands will give you a protocols for their products go through those first. And then when you become more comfortable with the line, you can start substituting or replacing things or adding in other modalities, but there's no need to do an entire facial with like maybe just a derma just an led and just like a modality with nothing else, you know, no other skin touching in between. So.
0: Right. Well, I, I think I love this tip, Julie, because I think it, there's so much truth to it. And I think it's something that is so easily overlooked because I think when you do start out, you're right. When new estheticians get out, they, they think they need to have the best of the best and all these tools. And, um, and I think we really lose the idea or the understanding how powerful touch is and how honing in on a, a bomb facial massage or being able to do like a deep cleanse with just your hands, like how special that is and how far that will take you Um, because with the modalities and with machines, they're machines at the end of the day, they don't get to replace you as the esthetician and your hands are extension of you and your craft. So I just, Mm -hmm. I think it's such a special tip and I love that it's one that you are so passionate about because it's so easily overlooked.
1: And, you know, like I'm very much, we've talked, like I'm super into energy and healing and things like that. So you know, I make sure I'm in a good headspace before I work, before I touch anybody, you know, make sure your hands are clean. Um, it's written to ritual, you know, and it's, it's sharing your energy with somebody else through touch. It's a healing practice. So sometimes I have uh, people, you know, my partner, for example, whenever I give her facial, I like make sure to relax her shoulders. First, I press down, I do some breathing over top of her. And I feel the immediate relaxation, the shoulders drop, you know, the body kind of sinks into the bed. And that is everything for me. When clients fall asleep, I am so happy. They always wake up and say, sorry, I don't know why, but I'm so I tell them it's a compliment, you know, if they fell asleep, because that means you feel very comfortable because I'm not somebody who could just fall asleep anywhere, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's, it really is the best compliment. Cause you're like, wow, I was able to bring this client peace. I was able to really- Relieve stress, even if it is only for an hour. You've given someone that peace, which is just mm-hmm. everything, right?
1: Yeah, and,
0: so and what we're, what I agree, we're here for <laughs> right. No, I I agree with you, and I think a lot of estheticians, especially those who have been doing this for a long time, they understand that every movement and every decision that you make in that treatment room is going to affect your client, whether it's your energy that you've brought in or what you help to clear for them it's just energy work is so huge as part of healing. And there's like a quote out there that I'm, uh, that I just want to say, and it's like, nothing is more healing than the human touch. And it's so true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: You know, we we hold a lot of trauma in our bodies and our faces um, and everything. So even, you know, you could bring somebody to tears just by touching a certain part on their face. So that's how you're going to build long lasting relationships with your clients. Like most of my clients have been with me for years. At this point, I rarely, rarely get a client that doesn't come back. Like Mm -hmm. my retention for clients is incredible. And it's because I care and I pour myself into them and they feel that they feel that I take my time. I explain to them what I'm doing to them. I also know how to read a room. If somebody's exhausted and I feel that I'm not going to talk to them the entire facial, I'm going to let them sleep and rest, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's something that you can only learn by actually interacting with people, paying them attention and touching them, you'll feel that from them. And, you know, they'll feel a little tense if you're talking the whole time, they just want to relax. You you will be able to feel that. But if you just have a machine over their head the entire time, like you you don't, you're not in tune with that.
0: Yeah. You lose that touch and not to say that you shouldn't use machines in your treatment, but you do lose a bit of that touch. If you're only using equipment during your Mm -hmm. whole treatment. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, um, Julie, just because we're talking about energy work and we're talking about, um, people's space, is there anything you like to do kind of to like prep your room beforehand, just with like clearing energy or anything like that, any tips that you want to share?
1: So I actually love to burn incense. That's something that like we do a lot in our, like my house as well. So, um, Also saging, and I keep a lot of crystals uh, in my room as well just to clear energy and also absorb energy. Um, Some like clear quartz, some rose quartz, things like that, obsidian, onyx. Um, And then I like to burn something called copal, which is actually, from the Mayan empire, it was something that they burned on the street for rituals as well. And it's just really good for clearing energy, for meditation. Um, every time people walk into my space, they say it smells really good in here. Um, I make them take off their shoes, you know, like I wanna put them in the headset of relaxation. So, and you know, I, I, like I said, I walk them through what I'm doing. I don't want them to feel uncomfortable. Um, you'll notice, especially as a new as soon as you touch people, a lot of times they jump because they're just mm-hmm. not expecting it, I guess. Um, but I also talk to my clients about what they have going on in their personal life as well because that affects your skin all the the hormones that come from stress and um, external factors that matters too so I want to dive deep into them about their lifestyles in that way so I think, by keeping my personal energy clear which is something I do a lot of work on on the daily basis <laughs> like I'm not sure if you can relate but I always say Virgos we are so grounded that like we just need to feel you know even kilter all the time like when we feel off balance it just isn't a good day for us so I know I just have to keep myself you know in a good headspace all the time before I go to work as well mm-hmm. um, and make sure that I'm not bringing any bad energy into the room either
0: so Right. No. And I love that. I am a big sage user as well. I love incense and crystals. Like seriously, there is so much healing that can be done with these additional tools in the treatment room that if you're hearing some of this information for the first time, I definitely encourage you all to keep an open mind and to look into it because all of these tools in the treatment room, like the crystals and the incense are just extensions of our energy and what we're trying to create in this safe space with our client. So I love all of that, Julie. And then what happens like is, uh, do you smudge your room like so often, or especially if you've had a client that may be released a lot during that you can feel when you've helped release any negative energy, oh, yeah. you know, oh, so. Yeah. I'm like I need
1: need to be better more frequently doing it but sometimes I don't do it because the smell can linger a little too much and sometimes it's like not pleasant for some people Mm -hmm. so I'll like do it on like a weekend or something you know and I'm not like too busy or in there all the time but yeah um, I definitely do need to do that more I need to find something that's not so strong smelling to help clear out energy as well but even things like you know like having a neat room like that matters. And that's also why I recommend people uh, if they can go work for somebody else too, because learning that the need to fold laundry, you know, making sure you all your bowls and stuff are clean, and You don't just have stuff sitting around everywhere uh, decluttering. That is a form of energy work too. So um, even like folding my sheets, I could easily just wrap them up and put them in my, you know, nobody would know because they don't see them, but like, I take the time to fold my sheets properly, even the fitted ones, which I hate doing, but you know, like so that matters too. every little thing you do from the moment you walk in to work, the way you're dressed, um, you know, your, your personal hygiene, that is all bringing energy into a room too. So you just got to make sure you check yourself and you're coming in with good spirits and the intentions of healing. And I swear God, it out, it'll just, it'll stay clean like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's true. It's a sacred space and it should be, um, kept that way. And it, and as long as you are honoring that, I feel like your clients definitely feel it as well. Uh And I feel like this is all stuff that when you're a new esthetician, you learn a lot of this through experience. So as you go, you're uh, pay attention to your, um, uh, your rituals, or at least how you set up for a room. Like I would encourage you all to be mindful of what you're thinking about, how you're putting your tray together when you are preparing, because all of that comes through, I feel like during your treatment. So Uh like Julie said, even though your clients aren't going to see the sheets that are in the cupboard. If you know that they are clean and you, you put time into making sure that it's well represented, like you feel that and that comes through in your treatment as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say Julie though, if I know, cause I do know that sage can be a little bit of a strong scent for some, have you ever used uh Palo Santos before?
1: Yeah. My girlfriend's very into that. She just burned some last night in her
0: apartment. So I, I do, I think,
1: yeah, I probably could bring that in. I don't think that would bother anybody.
0: I love I mean, it is, it is more, it is a, it's not like you can't smell it, but it's, I feel like it's less intense than sage, but you still get that cleansing effect. So, Oh, uh, and
1: with saging, I just want to say one little note, cause a lot of people don't know this when you're smudging a room, it's really important to uh, have an opening, whether it's a door, if you don't have a window or if you can open your window, because otherwise you're just circling energy in the space, you're not releasing it. So, um, for at home practice to open, crack a window, crack a couple windows or crack a door that leads outside of your home mm-hmm. and allow that energy to be released too. So it's not just sitting in the same space.
0: That is, I mean, such a good point. Plus it's good for that airflow. You should get some fresh air into your mm-hmm. space as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think along with this foundation and making sure that, you know, I, cause I, I agree with you. I think the power of touch is huge. We, we, your hands cannot be replaced by another machine or uh, equipment at all. They are an extension of you and the healing capabilities that you guys have. But I think another thing you were talking about that I really loved, um, with me was how you don't need to be investing in all this product that you should really have a budget and a plan. So you prevent things from expiring. Why don't you share a little bit about like your process and how you kind of help manage that in your space?
1: Absolutely. So um, I knew, you know, what I was working with because I somehow started my business in the middle of the pandemic. So um, because I was working for a place prior to this, and you know, I didn't have to worry about inventory or anything, but I didn't realize how much of a thing that was going to be to bring on. So what I did was I thought first about the type of facials that I wanted to perform, the type of services that I wanted to perform. And then when I was looking into lines to bring on, I went through all of the protocols. Like for instance, when I signed up with Glymed, my rep called me, we had a great conversation. And then she sent me a bunch of information. So I went through- pretty much every protocol that Glymet had listed on their website. And I looked at the items that were most frequently used in each protocol. And that's where I started. So for instance, most of the finishing products or the cleansers are the same gentle facial wash, full Vic, things like that. So I made sure to grab those. And then I used Facebook as a great resource. And I went on and asked a bunch of people who use Glymed. I was like, you know, what are your favorite products? And everybody said the deep oxygen pore cleanser like that, or the oxygen deep pore cleanser, like that was their number one, you know, recommendation. So I was like, maybe that would be worth buying a back bar size of if it's so popular that I might use it on everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, Or yeah, that's another one. Products that can be used on every skin type. Those might be good ones to invest in in back bar sizes. And if you're new and not familiar with that, um, a lot of companies will sell things in a retail size, which is the same size clients could buy, or they'll have a back bar size, which is usually much, much larger. And um, the cost goes down, even though you're paying a lot more upfront, like over time, you save money by investing in back bar. So I was like, let me buy a back bar size of that. And then I bought retail sizes of everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason that I did that was because most products have an expiration. So I didn't want to have these ginormous tubs when I didn't even have that much clientele because it was literally, we were like shut down, you know, and then have these things just sitting on my shelf, um, not being used. I mean, granted I could use them too, but it's not enough that I would, end up uh, getting through the whole entire inventory. So I, if don't be ashamed, if you can't afford back bar, you can definitely start with retail sizes. It's a good way to get familiar with your favorite products and not waste products because you can always order more. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful thing about Glymed, the more you order, the more perks you get back. So that I learned that very quickly too. So Um, you know, once you pass a certain threshold, you can get money back to buy more things. So that's another really important thing when you're looking for lines to carry, what's their incentive for you to spend money. Some companies have opening orders, which a lot have gotten gone away with, with the pandemic, I think, because so many people were financially strained throughout this time. So that's been a blessing. Um, But don't feel like you need to jump on a company that has a four or $5,000 opening order. There's, you can eventually get to there, but you know, there's no shame in starting small and building your way up.
0: Yeah. And you, you said something that I think was just so spot on is that you don't need to have a ton of different products just to have a ton of different products. Um, I think skincare does not need to be complex as long as it's effective. It can be very Agreed. simple. And uh, here at Glamour Plus, I know we have a ton of different products and I understand why we do, but we definitely have our top 25, which are our core products that you could literally care for any client that came through the door with those 25. But then we do have options so that if you need to truly customize the treatment that you're able to branch out. And um, I just love to say with Glymed Plus that it's you can make it as complex or as simple as you want it to be. So that's entirely up to you. And I agree with you that you don't need to have a massive back bar when you could literally care for anyone that comes in with, you know, 10 or 15 products. And I love your tip of starting out with retail for something that's new to you and asking other professionals in the industry, what they love from that line, because that really is just genuine feedback that you're getting right Mm -hmm. from other pros who are doing the same thing that you are.
1: Exactly. And I'm like a review junkie. Like I think I spend most, I might wake up at like 6am every day and start Googling stuff and looking through groups about certain things that I'm interested in. It's kind of an addiction. Um, but it's so interesting to see the different ways that people are using things. And one of the beautiful things, once you become more advanced about a line like Lyman, is you can cocktail so many things together. So that's something really fun to look forward to. I remember the first time I started playing around, I was like, whoa, like I had no idea what these products could really, really do. And now you can't stop me. I cocktail almost everything. <laughs> like, I'm like a skincare bartender over here. So <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh. I know. It's like, you become like a mad scientist, the more comfortable and the more that products start to make sense. And you make those connections. You're like, oh yeah, I'm just going to throw in a dash of this and yep. you're literally making magic happen. So. Which is why it's so important to make sure you know the foundation
1: so you can play around like that and, and mm-hmm. yield those different results that you see. Um, another thing that's important to understand is you you see so many before and afters because social we can't like avoid social media like it's such a huge um, conglomerate right now and people are comparing oh well my results aren't the same as so and so like you have to consider what home care your clients are on um, how many times they've come in for treatment so don't get caught up and don't get discouraged if you aren't getting the type of results that you're seeing because again that goes all back to the basics that esthetician may have just known a little better how to analyze the skin which is the core of any treatment and they were able to create a treatment plan better. So I should have touched on that, but skin analysis is huge. Like that is absolutely so huge because if, uh, you aren't giving them proper skin analysis, you're no better than somebody, you know, who works at CVS giving skincare advice. So Mm -hmm. it's so important to know how to analyze your client's skin. So you can't play around
0: client consultations are a must every single time. They don't need to be fleshed out thorough as the first time, but you definitely should always be doing some sort of consultation with your client when they come in. And Julie, I, I love that. I feel like you're, be, you are saying that like perf- being perfect or perfection, isn't the goal here. Cause no matter what through life, you're going to be uh, learning new things. And we're it, those times that we don't always win or are successful. It's those times that we fail is where big growth happens, right? Or real growth. Absolutely.
1: Happens. Absolutely.
0: So, I mean, I always, I always just say it's always learn from it. Right. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be the best, the best way. So just know that you don't need to have all the answers right now. You're not always going to get it right. And that's okay. As long as you're learning from it, like that's, that's the important thing. Exactly. Um, And I always like to say magic in the mundane. Okay. So again, Mm -hmm. just like making sure that you're, you are having a routine and that you're sticking to your processes and things. And like Julie is saying, focus on the foundation, get that down first, and then you can branch out. Mm -hmm. All right. And then I know um, the third thing that you're very passionate about. And I love this because I, again, I just think it's such a great tip is all about, Nishing down.
1: Yes, niching down. What is niching down? That's actually a word that I became pretty familiar with uh, throughout my journey of becoming a solo esthetician, opening my practice, because I know that there are so many wonderful things that we are able to do within our scope. And it is so fun to be able to play around with different things. However, as somebody who started in this industry as predominantly a lash tech, I learned very quickly how full my schedule got with recurring clients. And eventually I didn't have time to do all of the things that I wanted to do. So I had to really focus. So my first niching down experience was what type of services do I want to provide? Did I want to be a waxer and a lash artist? Did I want to be a skincare you know expert and a lash artist? Or did I want to do you know, product sales and be a lash artist? So I found passion in skincare. So that was the first way that I niched down just in terms of the industry and all the things that we can do. Then second, it was like, what type of clientele am I getting the most of? Um, in the area that I'm in, there's it's super diverse. My city is so diverse. So I have access to tons of different types of clientele. But what I was finding was most of my clients were coming in with pigmentation issues and just really wanting anti-aging um, things. I have a lot of younger clients too. So Uh, That seemed to be where most of my focus was. So then I started saying to myself, okay, Julie, like you have all these products, but like, you're really using, you know, these certain ones more than ever. Like what other things can you add in to help with these um, issues that the clients that most of your clients seem to be having? So that's when I started investing in modalities, like my LED, I have a very, very good LED Um, It was quite expensive, but I waited till I could pay for it in cash. Like don't go broke trying to get things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was like, this is going to be great because this can target X, Y, and Z. And then next I started focusing on like the more professional things, like what peels did I want to get into? And I knew that again, pigmentation and um, anti-aging were huge. So that's when I started investing in the vitamin A peel, the 15% TCA peel, Uh, the oxygen peel and the lactic exfoliators are absolutely great because that was, that is what was going to give my clients the type of results that they were looking for. So, I say all that to say, you don't have to be an esthetician that specializes in everything. Like there are some people who love acne. That is their thing through and through. Um, There are some people who love skin tightening and like, you know, firming of the skin and anti-aging that might be their thing through and through. So it is okay to have a favorite thing to do and it's okay to solicit clients who like the same things as you, like that is not a bad thing to do. And it also, one will save you a lot of money in the long run, but two, again, it will help you build those long lasting relationships because those are issues that need to be worked on continuously.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think honestly, such a great tip because it is one that again, I think as estheticians, when we first get out in the field, we think that we have to be the expert for every condition that can come through the door and that's just not the case. And you know, you might be drawn to more acne clients than hyperpigmentation clients. That doesn't mean you can't service hyperpigmentation clients, but really focus in on what drives you as a professional and you know expand on your skill set because that is what's re- like Julia saying is going to set you apart from other aestheticians. And it's okay to lean heavy in one direction. And I love that because I think it can come across a little bit ingenuine if you think you are just the pro at everything that, or Mm -hmm. any condition. And I think clients can sense that and you might lose a little bit of credibility in that area.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And like, um, one of my mentors, Joelle Lee, she was, um, she gave me this idea that I just couldn't even like I wouldn't have even thought of this on my own, but um, basically she doesn't treat her clients like clients. She's like, or treat her treatments, I should say, like a, just a facial here and a facial there. She creates programs for people. And I feel like that was something that really spoke to me because I am an esthetician who has clients who've been with me for so long. So that's why I kind of turned my focus really um, into creating programs to get people through. So now I have like a, something like a membership where it's a three-month commitment, because I think in three months, we usually can get you in a really good routine and really start to accomplish some of your skincare goals. And then we work our way into only needing, like I call it the quick fix, my express facial, things like that, because at that point, you have home care, you have proper knowledge. Now, I'm just doing the dirty work or the fun work, like extractions or the modalities that you don't have at home. So- that kind of, that type of um, client relationship became my niche, Um, really working with people who had uh, confidence issues because of their skin or had like really bad inflammation, things that needed to be worked on over time. So that's where I spend most of my time. I don't really deal too much with like a lot of acne clients or people um, like melasma, like Jean had mentioned in the last podcast, but I would love to at some point, but right now I know what I know and I'm going to keep doing that.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the, I think that's brilliant, especially when you're starting out and for new estheticians, focus on what you know. I mean, Jean, actually, speaking of Jean, in our last podcast, she said a quote that I just thought was so good. And she said, if you don't know, don't guess. Yes. And I, just, I was <laughs> like, that is so true. So don't mm-hmm. pretend like you know about hyperpigmentation. If you don't, make sure that you're being honest and genuine with your clients. And like Julie was saying, it's a partnership. You want to make sure that you're having really good thorough consultations with the client, giving them real expectations and letting them know that they have to invest in home care too, because that is going to be really where they're going to see the biggest difference is in home care. You know, treatments are special and they can't be recreated outside of our treatment room, but home care is where we're going to continue to work at the skin and get them to where they want to be. So they need to be committed to that process as well.
1: Mm -hmm. And and I tell people that, and I'm very vocal. Um, One thing I found, and I'm not sure if this came with experience and time, but I'm way more confident about telling clients about themselves now in a nice way, obviously, but I am very much like this is the type of business I run, this is the type of services that I want to provide. And if you're into these types of services, then I am the esthetician for you. But what I have also done is I've made friends with a ton of estheticians in my city because I don't view people as competition. I view us all as a family and we all work together. And now I have a network of people that I can recommend if it's something that I don't know about, you know? So if acne is not my thing, I, I know somebody in the city who, you know, could help you with that. Or if anti-aging wasn't my thing, I I'd know somebody who could help you, you know? So that's a good, good way to learn from other estheticians as well as to create a network for yourself. Don't be so intimidated, you know, slide into the DMS, introduce yourself if you're local to them. And, you know, you never know the type of relationship that you can develop with these people and the type of knowledge you can learn from them too.
0: And I just think your clients will see that and appreciate that you're looking out for them. And that doesn't mean that you still can't service them in another way, but I think that just goes a long way for our clients when we do things like that. And Julie, I agree with you. Uh, We, we are like a family. There is so much out there that can be shared and we can build each other up. And just, I think aesthetics. some is generally, I feel like most estheticians are very caring and nurturing. So we do have that atmosphere, but you know, Mm -hmm. of course, just like anything, there is always that competition or competitive side that can come through, but it doesn't need to be that way. It can definitely be a very positive thing. And, and I love one of the things you were talking about earlier, Julie, was that you learn so much from others just by observing and working with others. So you Mm -hmm. actually can learn a lot from that.
1: Oh yeah. I'm always like asking people what they did or, you know, I got like a really good recommendation from somebody about how to enhance the 15% TCA peel. And I just asked, you know, like, I don't know this girl. I've never met her. I, you know, saw her results and I sent her the picture of what she posted. And I was like, hey, like, do you mind if I ask you what you did to get this type of, you know, X, Y, and Z? So don't be afraid to reach out to other people. Yes, you will be met with some people who just don't answer, but that's okay. You know what I mean? Like, they're just not the person... To be in your network, and you'll find like-minded people. Um, I have such a great network of people on, on Instagram. We have got a couple little groups of estheticians from all over the country who hopefully I'll get to meet one day, but I may never meet, you know. But it's mm-hmm. it's we bounce ideas off of each other all the time. Uh, we have a little like Glymed group where we're asking, you know, what's your favorite thing? The cocktail? What's your favorite like thing? And sending pictures of clients, you know, when we don't know what to do or what treatment might be good for them, and asking opinions like. Stay humble. That's also something you know to throw in here with every single category that we've talked about. As long as you stay humble, you'll stay a student forever and you'll just keep becoming a better esthetician.
0: Agreed. The moment you feel like you know it all and you have all the answers is the moment I feel like you lose the whole essence of being an esthetician, right? Mm -hmm. I love that. Stay humble, it's so true. Um, and I
1: also, oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: Oh, no, go ahead, finish
1: and oh, no, I was just going to say, like, I have, um, I think I may have shared this with you guys, but I have a tattoo that says, share your knowledge. It is the way to achieve immortality. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to die for people to remember, but people will remember what you share with them. Um, they'll remember the things that you helped them with. So, and you'll remember the things that other people helped you with. So never um, be somebody who clams up with knowledge as well, because we know that there are so many estheticians who maybe can't afford Um, certain lines that offer great training or can't afford a continued education. So I feel it's definitely our duty um, to keep the integrity of this industry by helping each other out.
0: Absolutely. I think that was beautiful. (laughs) So Julie, is there anything else that you wanted to mention that we didn't have a chance to um, expand on that you'd like to share now?
1: Um, I I think I touched on this a little bit, but I just kind of want to go back and repeat it about um, reinvesting in yourself. I know a lot of people are graduating school and just going straight out on their own nowadays. If you're gonna do that, that's absolutely fine, but don't put your focus in learning how to become popular um, on social media or Facebook or anything reinvest into yourself and into your business. And that's where you will find the greatest return. Um, I can't tell you how many times I get messages from potential clients that literally are just so impressed with how much I am always taking classes and learning more that that in itself makes them want to come, you know, to me and don't compare yourself to other estheticians who may have years and years and years of experience on you, or some that don't and are just doing really well. You've got to kind of keep your eyes on the prize and keep your eyes focused because your passion is what's going to shine through at the end of the day. And it's, it's, what's going to give you longevity in this field. Oh so I think gosh. that's just really important.
0: Yeah. I hope everyone replays that over and over <laughs> because that is it. That's the advice that you want to make sure that you're listening to and hearing. That is it. (laughs) Julie, that was beautiful. Thank you. Oh,
1: no problem. Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, of course. Well, and I hope this definitely isn't the last time you guys will hear from Julie. She'll definitely hopefully be back on the podcast again. I know she's been helping us with a lot of things at Glamad Plus, but for sure, I'd like to get her back on here. I'd love that. Yeah. And Julie, I just want to say a big thank you for your time today. And it's my pleasure. And stay safe. And I love that you're in Philly and you're so blessed to have, you know, such a diverse clientele out there. And that's just Mm -hmm. such a lucky, a lucky thing to have for sure.
1: Absolutely. Do not take that for granted.
0: (laughs) I know you don't. It it comes through. You can tell that you're very humble, but you're also just hungry for information, which I think is a rarity, but I think it's such a good thing to make sure you're encouraging others to have as well. Mm -hmm.
1: I'm trying to be like you girl. I'm trying to be educating people out here one day.
0: Oh girl, you're going (laughs) to, you're going to get there. And thank you for that comment. I definitely don't know at all, but I definitely try to make sure I give valuable information when I do have an opportunity to share. So
1: Well, I'll give you a shameless plug right now. I'm going to be attending the four-day Mastering Aesthetics course with Sarah. So if any of you have been eyeballing that, absolutely sign up. I'm super excited for that.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited too. It seriously is, and totally biased because I'm the one that's teaching it, (laughs) me and my team. But it seriously is just such an amazing class. And I say that because I know myself and my educators have put so much time and research in it to make sure that we're giving you guys valuable information. And we, I feel like we touch on it all in that class. We talk about uh, skin histology so that you understand layers of the skin. And then we do ingredient knowledge so you understand why we're choosing to use an ingredient and how it interacts with the skin. And of course, we'll do product knowledge. We cover every single product here at Climate Plus. Uh, then we also cover our chemical peels and our Dermasound. But we also will touch on more in depth on skin conditions as well. So we try to give you guys like a quick course or a refresher for aesthetics. And Julie, I'm excited for you to be in the class. And then you'll have to, when you're back on, you'll have to let everyone know what you thought of it. Absolutely. So for sure. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and cut it here. So thank you, Julie, so much for joining us today. And we will talk to you guys all next time. Bye. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. We'll see you next time.